Greetings, adventurers, and welcome back to a special episode of Return to EverQuest, a podcast where we revisit and discuss the classic game of EverQuest. In today's special episode, I'm joined by my co-host, Carlos, and our returning special guest, Zade Guide. Zade's going to be returning to our show here today to debrief us on his historic TLP run on Mischief to level 50 and bringing down raid mobs with his guild, Faceless Virtue. All right, Zade, we're so happy to have you on. It's been a short time, so... Fill us in on where you're at with the the mischief server and how Faceless Virtue is doing. Hey, uh, thanks for having me back. Um, yeah, so right now Faceless Virtue is is doing pretty awesome. We've got uh, somewhere in like the 70s range of people who are level 50. We killed Finny. Um, we killed the dragons. We've done some clears of Plane of Hate and Fear, but we haven't killed the gods yet. We'll probably do that tonight. We'll see. So yeah, everything's pretty good. Wow. So you got 70 level 50s in your in your guild. So let, let's back up before we get to the 70 number. So for you, I was watching your stream. Um, how fast, for, to set the record straight, how fast did you reach level 50? And if you can explain to us how you managed to do it so quickly. Um, I think my slash time, my, my time slash played, which is what every quest counts, was uh, 28 hours in change. Um, but in real life time, it was 29 hours and 17 minutes. And that's just like, you know, EQ strips out like zoning times and, and some things like that. So it doesn't factor in. And your guilt. So you had a static group and you all went from zone to zone doing this. What was your, so what was the methodology behind that? How did you tackle both your group makeup and where you hunted to, to just crush the leveling experience to get to that high? Right. Okay. So. Um, static groups used to really not be a thing for most people. Over the years, they've come to basically define the leveling up process for, I would say, the majority of people on a TLP server, especially when it launches. Um, but we've been doing them for, for many, many servers now. So every static group that I've ever done has had a slightly different class composition just as we try to dial things in. And uh, this one was no different. So last time on Dune, where I was the server first 50, we were um, Mage, 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 Necromancer, Enchanter, Cleric. This time we were three mages, two enchanters, and a cleric. And we were basically hedging our bets. Um, one of my buddies who was in my group last year was doing his own racing group this year. So he knew all my, my strats and everything. Um, he, knew, you know, he knew our routes and, and what we do. So I was like preparing for him to be very fast. And you know, it was a friendly competition, but I didn't want to lose. So uh, we hedged our bets. We knew that enchanter would be slower for the first 20 levels. But after that, it would be faster. And in some cases, very significantly faster. Um, so, yeah, we just played our asses off, I guess. Uh, you know, we, we really just tried our best. We had six good people who the whole time we, we tried our very best. A lot of it was coordinating spell logistics and stuff, making sure that you are the first person in the game, hopefully with a mage pet out. You know what I mean? Um, because you used to be able to... Uh, sell your newbie robes. So you turn in your note to your guild master, you get a robe, then you sell the robe and you use that money to buy a mage pet spell and one malachite. You can't do that. That got nerfed now. So you basically have to have a box or another player that you are giving platinum to and funneling it back. So what we, what we actually did, our technique was we were all gnomes because we tested out every single leveling route from one to 10. And we found that steam font was the second fastest, but the fastest route involved a lot more variability that could hurt your time overall. So we went with the safest, fastest route we could. We all made gnomes, but we had a, 
another character that we made in North Canos, and he was farming Colindal and then turning the Colindal fish in, which generates one platinum, about one platinum on average. Then you run over and then you buy the spells and then you parcel them to another character who's at the parcel vendor in Akanon that buys the spells and then runs them out to the group. So the group never has to stop grinding while you just have to do the logistics of all that spell transportation and stuff in the background. Um, yeah, it's crazy. So you're running logistics halfway across Norath in, in Kanos and, and then transferring all that stuff over to Steamfont. That's pretty cool. Wow. If you look at like the stream, the VOD, the first like hour or two, I don't even look at Twitch chat. I, I wanted it to be there, but I just couldn't. You know, there's so many elements you have to organize and, and try to keep up with. And you level those first levels so fast. So you're like always getting the next set of spells or trying to coordinate that. Um, I couldn't even take the time to really talk to chat. Um, but there was some other things we did too. So we started in Steam Font, did one to seven in Steam Font. Then we race changed to Dark Elf using a race change scroll so we could origin and immediately go to Lava Storm. Wow. I was going to ask because I remember when I watched your stream, you had a Dark Elf character yeah but i'm glad to know that the gnome crew started it all like (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) go ahead go ahead carlos yeah i was just curious when it comes to trying to find the most um effective way to level and and figuring out the path i'm assuming that you already had some kind of plan down packed before the server even went live but how do you come about to find the most efficient way to level up and and the different zones that you went to uh through that journey to level 50 i practice man i uh before launch especially last year before launch, um, my group did like one through 50 a couple times on all the routes that we were considering. Um, right. And this this time we did one through 10, like 10 different times to make sure we had it down. And we did uh, Solasec A, which I consider the most dangerous part of our route. We did that uh, just to make sure everyone was fresh on the pools and the movements and stuff. Because we break Soul A, we break into that zone at the earliest level possible to ensure that we own the camp as fast as possible. Um, and that means there's like a pretty high degree of risk. You go into Soul A around level 14 and the, the lowest level mob is 18. And you could have a level 23 mob right at the zone line. So you just have to be able to deal with that. Um, so that took a, a little bit of practice just to be familiar with. I mean, you know, it's EverQuest, so it's not the most complicated thing ever. But but yeah, that's that's really what it, it comes down to is just practice. Well, so this is like a esport equivalent in a way, the way you prepare for your practicing, then you execute. And I'm impressed. I've never heard that with EQ. Like I've never heard someone actually running practice runs, but this makes sense. So you get the timing down, you get the routes down. Um, so let's go back to your dark. Elf. So you did your dark elf. You, you went over to your origin. This is very good use of mechanics, by the way, um, to, to Nectalus force. Is that when you went to, uh lava storm yeah so we knew we knew for a few reasons that like nectulus would be bad um first because we tested it and it just wasn't as fast as steam font in general but second because i have done the nectulus route very publicly a few times before dark elves are a super popular race everyone associates it with being fast which means that there's going to be a ton of people there more people more competition fewer mobs so we wanted to bypass that and we knew the other group was probably going to go Nectulus, because that's what I did last year, and that's what the group leader was familiar with, right? So, like, I could project where he would be at each camp, and I pulled up all my logs, basically, from my last year's leveling route, and then when we would practice, I'd be like, okay, here's the benchmark. At 10 minutes in, we should be this level. At an hour and a half, we should be this level. We want to make sure that by the time we go to this camp, we are at least two levels higher than them so that we can win the DPS race. Um, And the most critical thing, basically, is 
when you go to Solosec A, it's got the highest Zem in Classic except for Catch Keep. So more or less, whoever is first into Solosec A wins the race, unless somebody sleeps or really messes up. Um, but Solosec A is, is one of these camps where there can only be one, peop, one, one group in there. So we go in at 14 or 15, and you try to come in an hour later, all the mobs that you could potentially kill, we are already killing. There is no space, and there's not enough people to generate a pick. So that early time frame is the most critical. So basically, yeah, we did Steam Font till 7. At level 6, we got Origin, so we knew we could race change. At level 7, you get the Magic Nuke. The Mages can't cast their Fire Nukes in Lava Storm, obviously, right? So you don't go there before 7. As soon as we got the Magic Nuke, we Origin... We run a lava storm. We start the lava storm route because lava storm is right next to Soleil and it's also incredibly fast. So we're doing that. But we had one other piece of the puzzle here. We we thought we might have some serious competition in lava storm potentially. So we had another character doing the deep water harpoon quest in Ocean of Tears, which is like a 18 damage, like 40 delay paladin spear. Um, and we were parceling those to our characters and giving them to our, our level six and 10 pets. So our pets were hitting for 40 damage. Holy Christ. Wow. So we're like, technically there should be no group in the whole game for the first 14 levels that could match our DPS. Did you, uh, I, I only caught the stream on the second day, but did you run into a lot of competition in those, in when you started going through those uh, zones, specifically Soleil and, and Lavastorm or? or no, you guys I'm, pretty much. It, it was crazy. Um, you know, some people got hurt by the queue and other things. By the time we got to Lava Storm, l- level seven, we were already multiple levels ahead of the next group. And uh, once we zoned into Soleil, we, we literally never saw another person until 15. Wow. Nice. And uh, I'm assuming Daybreak was did a pretty good job at launching this server, right? There wasn't any major crashes. I know that people might might have gotten hurt a little bit by the queue, but did did you have any issues when it comes to the server perform service performance or any? No, we had a we had a few members who were caught in the queue in the beginning, um, but this was overall the cleanest and best launch I've ever seen. I'm so glad they launched Thornblade simultaneously because I know uh, at one point we were I if I'm remembering this right we were at 4k population we had a queue on top of that and then Thornblade was maxed out and had a queue too. So um, if there hadn't been Thornblade. If they waited a few days to launch Thornblade, there would have been thousands of people in the queue. And the odds of somebody in your group being one of those people is super high. Um, so they definitely made the right move. And big props to Darkpaw for doing that. Awesome. So after Soleil, um, so at, at the Soleil point, you're saying that you know you're in the lead. You're not seeing anybody. You feel comfortable that you're going to be the first if everything goes according to plan. Is that what you were thinking? Uh, you, I... I was paranoid for a long time. I never get comfortable, right? So like the whole time then, as you can get characters on, you're leveling characters, or sorry, you're you're logging more level one characters in and running to zones and checking them out. Like, so I'll, I'll get a character, I'll run into upper guck around like hour three or four and I'll just slash you. I'll try to pick and I'll see that this is the only guck and I'll see that there's no one there. So I'm like, okay, the, the zones basically, you have to check our guck, unrest, um, lava storm, ocean of tears, and Kazakh Thule. If you don't see another group in those zones around your level, that means the group's just not out there. There's not a lot of hidden spots out there. Um, so once we had checked all those spots, I was like, I guess we're really just that far ahead of people. Uh, it was surprising for sure. But yeah, um, 
And then you always worry, you know what I mean? Someone could crash in the middle of the run and then you're a five man for the rest of it. Dang. Yeah. So, so where'd you go after Soleil? What was your route or how, yep. so you're in Soleil for, uh, um, imagine a good amount of time because there's a good level spread there. Yeah. So we did Soleil from about 15 to 31. Um, and then after that we go to lower Guck, which was a deviation on my last, my last year's plan. Uh, normally we would go directly to Solosec B, you know, cause it's five feet away. You don't have to move and, and any kind of movement time is not killing time. Um, right. but Sol B is actually kind of hard. And, uh, we went to lower Guck instead, which is ultra easy and has a huge number of named mods, which we knew would be a uh, good loot here. So we got a lower Guck. The big thing there is mobs don't run. They have low HP. They have low intelligence values are very easy to charm. So we just have two charm pets. We're crushing uh, lower gut. We stayed there till 39 and we timed our, our route there based on EXP potions, which was kind of suboptimal, but we were already so far in the lead. It didn't matter. So we left lower gut when our EXP potion ended at 39, but optimally you would stay there till about 41 and then go back to soul B. So, but either way, that's what we did at 39. We went to soul B popped a new EXP potion in. We, uh, we went to bats and bugs and into a freedy, which we do until 45 at 45. You have to leave a freedy because you need to go to, um, ocean of tears. That's going to be your final camp 45 to 50. It's faster than the freedy camp in Solosec B, but only if you can charm the level 50 dinosaur that spawns there. So that requires a few things. First, you have to be lucky and get him to spawn. because He's kind of rare. Second, you have to research the spell allure. It's the only spell that can charm him. So, Allure you get at 46. We go there a level early because we need that that level of grace to uh, A, spawn him, hopefully, and B, get the materials to create the spell Allure. Wow, that's a big risk that you're yeah. hedging your bets on. Holy smokes. And we're, we're double-hedged on it because we had two enchanters. I remember watching those those fights in, in Notion of Tears, and, and when one of those giant lizardmen break the charm... My goodness, you have to be very careful because those poor enchanters were taking so much damage. It's just a couple hits. It was crazy. It's like you your to... most dangerous charm pet when you are the most tired yeah. you will be. Yeah, because I, I still I couldn't believe it. You were you were in what twenty something hours already. Um, not not only will you have to worry about you know the the plan of action of and how to get the most exp at, at, at you know the most efficient manner. You also had your your uh your discord or your 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 team chat plus you had the the twitch chat plus you had to deal with the uh necromancer chat i remember there was a little bit of, of drama going on in the necromancer chat for some reason your name came up and it was non-stop so <laughs> this poor guy was over here with no sleep having to concentrate trying to get the most exp and have to deal with all these different distractions so i gotta give you kudos man i, I have to bow down to how how much dedication and um, determination you you put into this, and it definitely shows. Thanks, man. Yeah, we're just, you know we're just it's just a group of people doing their best, trying to have fun. And I you know I'm not even like I wouldn't say I'm the MVP of the group. Um, I don't know what it is. Like I play a mage; it's not the most important part. Usually, I pull for the groups, which which is very important. This time, I didn't pull because somebody else wanted to. Yeah. Um, but it's it's really a team effort, and you know I think it's mostly. The, the testing and practice on the back end that decides who wins on launch day. So you want to shout out your uh, your teammates? Who do we have in yeah. your group? What were their, their character names? 
Um, yeah, I have. A, I actually have more than just my group that I'd like to shout out. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. But yeah, let's, let's do it. Okay, so uh, my group, first and foremost, was Melusine, Nullify, Reese, Kegadin, and Ansel. Shout out to those guys. And then uh, I also want to shout out Trolley, Aslan, Chint, Zagorian, uh, Shucklider, Zythin, First, and Biggs, and Artemessa for you know, uh, too many things to get into really. And Liak, but yeah, all those guys in some way throughout the planning or previous groups and stuff have, have been a huge benefit to us. That's, that's great to hear. And with the, uh, the whole team effort going on, how did this fare compared to your past runs? Was this actually your fastest run to 50? Um, or how did it compare to anyone's in the past? Yeah, this was massively faster than my previous run. Every time we do it, it's a little bit faster. Uh, so on Agnar, which is the furthest back that I have that I still know the time for, we did it in 58 hours. So that was like 2016, 2017. We did it 58 hours, but we did stop to kill Finney at like 46. So we killed him in the middle of the grind. That was 58 hours. On Eridun, it was 38 hours. And then on this one, it was 29 hours. Wow. Is there, do we know if this is the fastest anyone's ever reached 50 on a, on a TLP or equivalent? I mean, I imagine it's pretty close, if not. And if you don't know, that's fine. But I might say it is because, I mean, that's pretty damn hard to beat. Uh, I don't know for sure. So with with a, we have to put a few stipulations. I think it is yeah. possibly the fastest anyone has done one to maximum level on a TLP launch that wasn't a server where you launch at max level. Because there have been, there have been two servers, uh, Mayong, the 5150, you start at level 51. So obviously, you know, they're faster than us. And then... um what was the other server? Uh, Miracle. You you start at level eighty five. Mm, so if we okay, don't count, yeah. yeah, we don't count those. I'm pretty sure that this is the fastest it's been done because I played on Vulak and Lockjaw and Agnar and Cello and you know, and uh, this was faster than all of those ones. Nice. Do the. I'm just curious. Did do devs or anything reach out and say anything like? Wow, good job! You're the first. Or is because I know, like in some of the TLPs, when you kill something, it says like they killed so and so. So I didn't know if there's any like a- announcement or or contact that occurs at that point to to congratulate people. Um, not these days. There used to be. It it used to happen a lot more. Um, particularly in the era before they added raid instancing, you used to have a lot more interaction with the devs, almost necessarily because there was always like a lot of customer service ticketing that happened between guilds fighting so the guild leaders knew the staff um i get to talk to a few of them but yeah i don't think i really hit them up too much about this one or anything gotcha so now let's uh let's talk about finney because i saw so i i saw that part of the stream and i saw it was very like methodical you guys were counting down you know three two one nuke and very yeah you know precise uh stuff so fill us in on how that went down for you right okay so um, this Finny, by the way, was the fastest Finny has ever been killed after a server launch that launched in Classic. i to put a few stipulations. No one in the world cares about that except for me, and I understand that. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting no, I think, to see. Yeah, I, I, I like that, because even as just a game designer or someone who likes games and the competitive esports side of games, which I think is something that is developing in our own generation in the future, um, this is competitive gaming, and I think that those records are are important. As you can see, you know what I appreciate is it's not 
people don't see the behind the scenes. They think, okay, here's somebody, they go and they take a few XP potions and boom, they're level 50. Like, no, when you have a logistics network, you have multiple runs from one to 50 on other servers. Uh, you know, I hope the idea comes across to people that this takes dedication and it's very precise. And that's why I think esports and e-gaming and competitive gaming is, is uh, in my eyes, equivalent to physical games because it takes a lot of coordination and, and teamwork and effort. So, so yeah, so Finney, let's, uh, let's hear that strategy. Right. So we knew with our group composition, um, we would not have a tank, right? Like originally I was going to level a paladin in this and I was going to be able to tank stuff when we got to 50. But then uh, when I saw some of the other groups that were forming up, we were like, eh, well, you know, let's, uh, let's go raw DPS, full group of DPS. Um, and then I, it, it was really just a crazy idea. I didn't think it was going to work. I was like, Hey, um, Reese, who's our cleric, I was like, I guess you're going to tank Finney when we get there, right? And uh, we knew that Finney could A, be mezzed, he could be stunned, and he could be mana drained. So I was just like, hey, what what would happen if we timed our nukes in our mezzes to land right after each other so that he never had time to get an attack round in? And uh, we, try, we tried it and, it and it freaking worked. I mean, like, I didn't think it would. But yeah, you saw, it was like a 30-minute fight. We, we had to pull him out solo. That was kind of easy. Then you mez him. And then all the mages, we count down, one, two, three, nuke. The nukes all hit, and we knew that the cleric would start casting stun while our nukes were going through. So he'd get hit, he would immediately get stunned, wow. and, then, and then Mez would land. He would never have a chance to do anything at all. Awesome. So it was a continuous uh, chain stunning and mezzing and nuking. Oh, that's awesome. And the, the amazing thing is this has actually been recorded for, recorded for posterity, so people can actually go to YouTube. Uh, to your channel and, and check out that fight, and it it truly is amazing how the cooperation, the the teamwork that that that. So it was amazing to watch. I mean, I, I probably watched it about four times already because it's so amazing the coordination. It was it felt crazy. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it was great. So this is a good time, I think, after we killed the first raid boss. I want to revisit your thoughts on the rule set with the random loot tables. So. You've killed raid mobs now. You reached level 50. You killed a bunch of named going through the game. What was your experience with the mischief raid uh, table or the, the loot table rules? Um, it's unbelievably fun. Very fulfilling. I think we are getting a little bit too much loot, though. I think the massive quantity of the loot, because it's not just randomized. It's also, like, increased randomly. Um, so the amount of loot that we're getting, I think, is ultimately going to be a negative for the economy. But I expect it's going to get patched to be reduced right now. My understanding of what happens is uh, a rare mob spawns and more, you know, not really a coin flip, but there's a 50, 50, right on one side. So it's going to spawn another rare mobs loot table, not just one item from them, but it's just going to, you know, take a section of their loot table, maybe all of it, maybe one item that's going to put it on this rare mob that just spawned. And then it flips a coin. If the coin lands on heads, it picks another mob and it does it again. And then it flips a coin. If it lands on tails, it stops. So sometimes you kill something, you get one random rare loot. Sometimes you kill something, you get eight random rare loots. Wow. That's a lot of loot. <laughs> After yeah. this, I'll send you a screenshot. We killed Terror in Plane of Fear last night, and he dropped 20 items from, from the dragon cow. loot table. <laughs> Crazy. Wow. I mean, that's a happy raid. Everybody was happy, at least. <laughs> yeah, it's like killing, like killing Nagafin like five times. Wow, that's impressive. So you, when you say the economy, how do you think that'll affect it? Because, um, again, I mentioned this last time on Ferona Vi. I know everything was, like, hyperinflated. Do you, do you think that'll happen, or do you think it'll just be 
reducing the price of everything. It'll be really cheap loot. It's going to be super cheap. Yeah. So Ferona is a victim of just 22 years of people generating plat forever and ever and ever. That's why it's so high there. It's going to make everything real cheap. Classic loot is going to be very low value, most likely because things are so common. Um, But also, you know, classic's not the big deal. It's only a one month expansion on this server anyway. Um, But yeah, I would expect items to be incredibly cheap. Okay. For your guild now, um, you have 70 members that are level 50 and above. And are you all starting to like, you're raiding the planes now? You're going to be attempting to do all that stuff, kill the gods soon, I imagine? Yeah, we've been raiding uh, every single night. We got groups constantly clearing planar trash and doing mini bosses and stuff like that. Uh, We have, let me check right now, 488 members as of the time of this podcast. Oh, wow. So you've eat your, I remember you said, oh, after a week or so, several weeks in, you'd have 400. So you've already grown past that. And will it continue to grow, do you think? Yeah, it will. And it looks like um, it looks like we have maybe like 125 members at 46 and above, which is basically like 40. That's how many members are rating level right now. Nice. Okay. Awesome. And do you all con- continue to see yourselves with the launch of Kunark? doing like are you going to be training up and getting ready for for runs for kunark to be the first to do things or are you satisfied with what you've accomplished so far i'm good i'm good with classic i i've done the kunark race many times i always lose so um kunark the race boils down to two things well it boils down to one thing really which zone you go to and which camp you get um chardock is the best zone specifically the camp called kennels and i just don't like chardock so i always go to the second best camp which is jugs um, and I always lose. I like literally have never won it once. So if you want to be the fastest person in Kunark, do not recruit Zade for your group. <laughs> nice, nice. Oh, um, so Carlos, do you have any other questions you want to do? You want to dive into here? Oh, I think I'm set. Just uh, congratulations, and and I think you're you're actually creating a you have a great group of people around you, and um, I wish you the best in in, in the in mischief. Yeah, and and um. You know, I want to say for for the audience out there, kind of why I think this is interesting is this isn't this is something you can do and be competitive at that actually doesn't like harm anybody else. You know, there's some there's some games where if if you try hard and you do all this stuff, like you screw over other people's loot or or their experience. But I I do think it's interesting to ever question what you've done. It doesn't matter what you did because everybody's experience was still theirs in the same Um, but to be able to like push yourself in the boundaries of the game mechanics and figure out all the different logical steps to take, like chain stunning Finney, I think just shows a lot of ingenuity. And, um, again, it goes to that esports competitive vibe and I'll, I'll add to, um, you know, it it reminded me of the military operation thing, you know, just military mindset, all the different, uh, COAs and courses of action that you're, you're doing and running out there. So, uh, congrats again. And, uh, hopefully, you know, we'll we'll talk more in the future, but we just wanted to have you on to to capture us, get the episode out into the into the world to to get the record straight. You want to any last uh, thoughts or comments, Zade? No, just thank you guys so much, you know, for having me. And uh, by no means, I don't, you know, I don't want to come across as arrogant or anything. I don't think I'm the best at EverQuest. I don't think my guild is the best guild ever. Um, I like them the most, but but yeah, I mean, you know, we're just a, a group of people who um want to do our best and are striving for personal excellence and that's all it's about nice and, and i think you know it's cool that you shared everything here because in the future you know maybe if everquest is running 30 years you know <laughs> a total or whatnot people can listen to this episode and figure out how to do those tlp launches or and innovate on them so 
Uh, it'll be cool to see what happens as we move forward. Well, hey, everybody, uh, we want to thank Zade again for, for coming here today. Zade God has his own Twitch channel. You can find that on Twitch. And you could also find his YouTube channel where you could look at some of these videos that we talked about where they kill Finney and, and do the race to 50 and whatnot. You can find us on Twitter at return to EQ. That's at return, the number two EQ. And we'll see you all next time when we release our normally scheduled episode, which is the Gnome Cruise Descent and Adventures in Castle Mistmore. See you all then. Take care.